The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how marketing strategies can affect your company's valuation. Joining us is Shane Hegde, who is the CEO of AIR, which is a cloud collaboration tool for creative minds that fundamentally change the way teams approach visual work. The AIR product makes collaboration easier and eliminates the need to move assets to and from the cloud. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, AIR is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Shane and I talked about how to go from a $100 million company to a unicorn in 24 months. And today, we're going to continue the conversation talking about why every company is a media company. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Shane Hedge, the CEO of AIR. Shane, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks so much for having me back, Ben. Excited to continue our conversation, have you back on the show for another day. Yesterday, we talked about AIR and your grand ambitions of going from a $100 million to a $1 billion valuation, becoming a unicorn. I could see the horn growing already. <laughs> and a big takeaway of mine is that with companies that are at your level of scale, there is always a need to be less reliant on performance marketing and more on organic growth. And a lot of that has to do with content and influencers earned and owned, not paid. So talk to me a little bit about why you think that every company needs to be a media company. As cliche as that saying has become, it's true. What's your stance? Look, I can dweeb out about this for hours. You got about 12 or 15 minutes. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I'll be as succinct as I can. In short, my perspective is that regardless of what industry you're in, your organization is operating like a media company. Tell me what a media company is. From my perspective, a media company is an organization that prioritizes visual data and has it pumping through every orifice of its organization and also external. So as I think about a media company, the way that I characterize it, I don't think about legacy media, I think about modern media. And a modern media organization is one, again, where there's many different stakeholders, many different tools, and many different workflows around which visual data is flowing in their organization. How this happens, regardless of industry, is when you look at work getting accomplished. When work is accomplished with images and videos, you think, and I phrase it in that way, you think, huh, actually, more than our marketing team and more than our creating team work with content. 
Our product team needs assets for the website. They're recording user sessions. Our sales team is recording a bunch of their videos now. They're sending out video tutorials to people. They're sending out decks to people. You think about the partnerships team. You think about the ops team, even internally within your organization. So today, because a company has so many different stakeholders that need to work with content, they have many different tools where content needs to flow through. And I characterize that as a media company. I think often people confuse media companies with ABC, NBC, Fox, and they're thinking of entertainment companies. Somebody who is a publisher that in return for the content they create builds relationships with advertisers. I think the MarTech podcast, I think I Hear Everything, my company, is more of a traditional media company where our content is our product. Your definition of media company is that your entire organization is tied to the production and distribution of media, but your monetization is different. So are you a media company or are you a SaaS company that is using graphics in different formats to try to drive subscriptions and product adoption? I think we don't need to conflate what type of company we are with what type of business model we have. My organization is a subscription software business. Today, you could sign up for a subscription consumer goods package like Birchbox, as an example. Both of those have subscription models, but they're two different types of companies. My argument, again, is that every company is the same type of company. They're media companies and content is so important to what they do. And a lot of companies don't recognize that. And my perspective and why I think my argument is right is time and again, I look at the types of organizations that start off paying us $30 a month in our pro product or start off trying our product for free. And over the course of the journey with them, they end up spending tens of thousands of dollars for our product because so many people around their organization need to work with content. I'll highlight an oil refinery in Texas is now using us at scale to manage some of their different production facilities, what's happening at those production facilities, in addition to their marketing assets and their sales collateral. We had a company that's installing fences in California. We've had a psychologist in London, a travel agency in Brazil, in addition to media companies, hospitality organizations, e-commerce businesses, all of whom use content in the traditional sense just for marketing. So I think if we peel the onion back on what I mean when I say every company is a media company, it is that visual data is so important across the organization and companies need to acknowledge that and have the right tooling in place to be able to make that sort of an effective workflow. So you've said the tool visual data a couple of times, and I want to dig into that a little bit because I think there's a little nuance and I think it's an interesting term. Talk to me about what you mean by visual data. There's been so much emphasis over the course of the last 10 years that organizations need to be data-driven. Be data-driven and what you do, I get it. And I think the point is sort of respect for the type of work that you're doing and putting in place the right tooling in place to be able to steward that work. As an example, if you're creating documents using a knowledge center like Notion helps you work really efficiently. If you're shipping code, using a tool like GitHub allows you to centralize that work and make it really efficient. For visual data, images, videos, PDFs, things that you can see, there should be a different type of tooling you use to manage that work and to make sure it's happening efficiently. And so from our perspective, if every company is a media company and they want to be data-driven, they need a creative operation system. And the objective of a creative operation system is be the engine 
that drives the way an organization works with images, videos, PDFs, visual data across their organization. And the reality is that depending on what seat you sit in the organization, you're going to work with that content in different ways and through different tools and for different use cases. And you need some way to organize and centralize that work for your team. That's why we exist fundamentally. When I think of visual data or when I think of the different types of visual assets, right? Every company is a media company, but they're doing different activities, right? Not every media company talks about the same stories. And there's this interesting inflection point that we're going through where we're past the blog days, right? Social media was very text and image focused. Now we're into video and the videos are getting shorter and there's this renaissance of audio when you think about every company being a media company, but there's this myriad of options for the type of media that they're creating, producing, and distributing, how do you think about what are the right channels, what are the right formats, like the blend of audio, video, text? How do you figure that out? It's funny. Before I started this company, I was the chief digital strategist of a television network out in LA. And we sort of came, it's called Revolt TV. And we came to the reality that every single individual with an Instagram account we were competing with on Instagram because no one knows differentiating between your handle with a blue check mark and another one that's their friends and their feed. They just are consuming content. And so I think the most important thing for us was where do we have arbitrage? Where do we have a unique channel advantage amongst our competition? That's going to be different depending on what type of company you're a marketer for or what type of business you're building. But at AIR, our analysis for content marketing is constantly, how can we develop arbitrage if we're going to invest in a channel? And sometimes it can be that we spend more money to get eyeballs in a given channel. And so we sponsor something or we use paid ads on a given channel. Other times it can be that we can invest more in better content or more unique content because that's going to perform in a channel really well. So I think one of the things, as an example of what we're doing in AIR around that, is we just shot and we're going to get out a sort of like 10 to 20 minute episodic piece on LinkedIn for our organic marketing activities. Now, why we believe in that is we think people are spending more and more time on LinkedIn. We think that it's a great channel for us where a lot of our customers are. And we believe that if we produce great content on a platform where people are, then they might consume it. Now, part of our argument around that is it's similar to what Vice did on YouTube. Vice was the first network that started pushing 20-minute pieces on YouTube. At the time that they were doing this, it was insane to do that. But they were like, look, we can't compete on television because we can't put forward the amount of dollars to create great content for TV. But on YouTube, the budget threshold is way lower, and we could spend above that and create amazing long-form content put it out on YouTube. And it's what carried their growth of their channel for years. And so my push would be match your content strategy depending on where you think you can get an edge. And that depends on the people you have, the budget you have, and where your customers are. You know, I think another piece of this, and it's often discussed on this podcast, is the Gary Vification of content. It is the breaking your long-form content down into snippets, bits, teasers, bites that can be appropriate for various different channels. And to me, most of the time when I'm thinking of every company being a media company, if it's a modern media company, you're repurposing content all over the place. You are taking your podcast and you're uploading them to YouTube and you're breaking them down and you're putting them in various social feeds and then you're recapping them and you're putting them on Twitter and you're giving them to everybody in your team and they're throwing them up on LinkedIn and yeah. they're just everywhere. 
at some point, this feels like it can be a distraction from your core business. So where is the line in the sand from we're going to break everything down and be in every channel, we're going to be everywhere all the time, as opposed to, can we get back to selling some effing product because we do want to be a billion dollar company here, not a media distribution channel? I'll say two things there. One, I think channel specificity is really important. So being selective on what channels you go into. You do not need to go in on every single channel in order to be successful. I'll repeat that. You do not need to go in on every single channel to be successful. There goes our Snapchat strategy. <laughs> and it's literally the second thing I'll say is actually building content that is consistent on the brand message but also specific to the platform where you're or the channel you're distributing content to is super important. So I would argue, don't just cut up the podcast into a million different formats and spread it all over the place into a million. Do not do that. If anything, hire the $30 an hour intern to be able to take the podcast and spit out some buzzwords against it on TikTok if you think that that's the right way to distribute. So don't confuse the distribution mechanisms with content for going and reaching for the next channel. And I think that's super important to get right. I think that the audiences can be different in channels. They're looking for different types of content, and you can break down your longer form content into the right length. You might be able to break it down into the right shapes, but it doesn't mean that that's what the audience for that channel is looking for. And so you need to think about what the expected experience is for the channel to make sure that it's a right fit for the audience that would be consuming it. Either way, Shane, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, helping us as a media company, a more traditional media company, produce this content. I appreciate you talking to us about your company's strategies. Cheers. And let's hope that you get from the $100 million valuation to the billion dollars within your 24-month goal. Thanks so much, Ben. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being my guest. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Shane Hegde, the CEO of AIR, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Shane, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Shane Hegde, S-H-A-N-E-H-E-G-D-E, or you could visit his company's website, which is air.inc. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You could subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.